Michel Vajour was a French robber who wasn't very good at keeping himself out of jail, but he was really good at escaping from jail. He escaped not once, not twice, but five times. Girl, he escaped by straight up jumping over walls. He escaped with a bar of soap. He escaped with baby bell cheese. But probably his most famous escape was by helicopter. So today, let me tell you the crazy story about Michel Vaujour, the king of escape. Welcome to the Cleaning and Crime Podcast. My name is Elise and my podcast is called What It Is because I have a series on YouTube where I post a time-lapse video of myself cleaning my house while at the same time I'm telling you a true crime story because I love listening to true crime while I clean. But some people find the cleaning footage a bit too distracting or they just prefer to listen to their true crime and not watch it. So if that sounds like you, you're in the right place. Trigger warning, this is a true crime podcast, so be sure to check the show notes on this episode for specific trigger warnings and listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. So I received a request on Instagram for something lighter. And while they didn't request a specific case, they did say something kind of similar to like an art heist. And I'm still going to look for a good art heist to cover. If you have one you'd like to recommend, drop it in the comments. But I don't know why, as soon as that person said that, I thought of this guy. It's not an art heist case, but something light and that has that vibe is Michel Vaujour, the king of escape. I don't know why I thought of this guy, but I thought it would be a really fun case to cover today. Now, I do quickly want to mention... I do not speak French. <laughs> I am an uneducated American. I only speak English. And so I'm going to do my best with pronunciations. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention that and apologize in advance just in case. Let's jump right into it. Michel Vaujour was born in January in 1951 in Saint... <laughs> Here we go. Saint-Quentin. 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 He was born in France, and when he was four, his parents decided that they just they didn't they didn't want kids, <laughs> despite the fact that they already had a kid. They decided that a little too late, okay. And to remedy this problem, they just dumped Michelle off on his aunt, his aunt Germaine. Now his aunt was really really nice, and she was very happy to be raising him, and she loved him very much, and she doted on him. And Michelle actually had a lovely life while living with her. He became really good friends with the neighborhood priest in town, and he sort of served as a father figure for Michelle. And he taught Michelle how to shoot a gun, how to hunt, how to run, how to climb, lots of outdoor sporty stuff. Until sadly, when Michelle was eight, his aunt died of cancer. And Michelle was forced to go back with his parents who didn't want him. And he had to suffer with living with his alcoholic, abusive father. Now, when Michelle became a teenager, he became a bit rebellious. And he started dipping his toe into some petty crimes like theft and things like that. And he became kind of a juvenile delinquent. And all the cops in town knew him by name. When Michelle was 18, he met his first love, Zabeth. Did I say that right? Zabeth? 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 I'm terrible at this. <laughs> anyway, he got Zabeth pregnant. Z Zabeth. 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 He got Zabeth pregnant. So he was an 18-year-old factory worker, and he would spend his weeks working at the factory, and then his weekends drinking, and then stealing cars and joyriding. He just really enjoyed going out to the bars, getting drunk, stealing a car, riding around all night drunk, and then he would take the car back 
to where he stole it from before morning came. That was that was his weekend go to. But then one night in 1969, he stole a car, drove around drunk, and then it's not funny. Don't drive drunk. And then he drove home, left the car in his driveway and went to sleep. He was either too drunk or too tired to take the car back to where he stole it from. Super hungover, he woke up the next morning to cops beating down his front door and his girlfriend screaming. So Michelle just panicked and jumped out the bedroom window, totally ditching the pregnant girlfriend to deal with the cops. And he just ran off and he just like went into hiding for two weeks, just couch surfing on his friend's couches. While meanwhile, his girlfriend went to jail. (laughs) She got arrested for like harboring a fugitive or something. Can you imagine, like, you're just cooking breakfast and, like, your deadbeat drunk boyfriend is in the bedroom and cops just show up and he jumps out the window and leaves you there and you get arrested. Mm. Oof. You'd be dead to me. You'd be dead to me. (laughs) Every man for himself, I guess. Now, Michelle was found after two weeks of being on the run and he was arrested and he got a pretty big sentence. 30 months in jail for stealing that car. Now, he was in jail from 18 to 21. And he was a handful for the guards the second he walked in the door. He landed himself in solitary confinement many times for starting fights and riots and rebellions. And he later told a Paris radio host that basically if it weren't for this jail time, he would not have become the criminal that he ended up being. Like he probably would have just stuck to some petty crime stuff. Or he would have grown up and given it up altogether, but... He said that the worst prisons and jails were just training camps for the criminal underworld. So he went from just a teenage crook to then a well-connected and well-trained adult criminal thanks to this jail time. And then he was released. When he got out of jail, when he was 21, he tried to call his girlfriend, but she completely ghosted him. And she had moved on and was living with a new guy who was actually a cop. I wonder if it was one of the cops that busted down her door. (laughs) Ooh. Either way, he was single now. And it's 1972. And when he was released, he was banned from staying in 21 departments for five years. Now, I couldn't really figure out exactly what that meant because... I'm an American, but hopefully someone in the comments can weigh in if they're familiar. But I understood it to mean that there are certain areas in France that he was not allowed to go into nor live in. Now, Michel was a very dramatic romantic and he was determined to get Zabeth back, but he didn't have a way to get to her. So he stole a car again. (laughs) Great idea. And he was going to drive it back to Chalon-la-Champagne. Eh? And he's going to win her back. That's his plan. And that area just so happens to be one of the areas that Michelle was not supposed to go. He ends up getting pulled over on the way. And he's got a stolen car and no license. So he just panics and he runs for it. He like hops out of the car and runs. When he ran, he left all of his papers behind in the car. Like what identifying markers he did have. He left behind. So the cops saw that and knew who he was. So he was on foot for a little bit, but then he decided he was tired. So he stole a different car. Eventually, he was pulled over again, and the cops were looking for him because of all the crap he left in the last car. And Michelle was arrested for driving without a license, and he was sent back to jail. (laughs) So he didn't get to his girlfriend. He didn't get to win her back. And back to jail, he went. So Michelle's in jail again. He's got no home. He's got no love. And the longer he was in jail, 
the more obsessed he became with escaping from jail. He would spend all day thinking about how he could escape. And he would just pay attention. He noticed that the model prisoners were given the job of loading and unloading trucks at the prison entrance. So Michel just turned himself into a model prisoner. And before he knew it, he was on the team that was going to load trucks at the entrance. And his first day that he was on the truck loading team, he simply loaded himself <laughs> into the truck. And he just hid in a bag and just rode the delivery truck to freedom. Prison break number one. But now Michel was a criminal who had just broken out of jail. So he couldn't just go get a respectable job. And he was broke. So he just became a burglar. He's like, okay, this is who I am now. I am a burglar. <laughs> but he wasn't very good at it. He hadn't had that much practice. He was breaking into homes. This wasn't his skill set. Breaking into cars, sure, but homes was a different thing. And he did have a few halls that weren't very big. But then one night, the house he broke into, the homeowners heard him banging around downstairs and they just like quietly called the police from upstairs. And the police got there and arrested him as he was walking out the front door. <laughs> and Michel was sent to jail for the third time. This time he was sent to a different prison with six meter high walls and a barbed wire fence running the perimeter on the inside of that. And he spent his days when he was able to go outside, walking the perimeter, just looking, looking for some sort of weakness in that fence. And it wasn't long before he found it. There was one section of the barbed wire fence that was rusty. And he thought to himself, I bet that section would be easier to just break through than the rest of the fence. So his plan was to break through the barbed wire fence at the rustiest point, sneak up to the six meter high wall, scale it, just climb on over and just hop out to freedom. Because when he was a kid, his buddy, the priest, taught him how to be a really good climber. So he, he was confident that he could do it. Sure enough, a random day, he got his chance. He noticed the guards were looking in a different direction. So he just ran right up to that rusty chunk of fence and just grabbed it and messed with it. And sure enough, it broke. And he was able to sneak through the hole in the fence that he just made and ran along the wall until he was out of view of the guards. And he just started climbing. He made it all the way to the top of this wall, but then it was smooth on the outside on the other side. So he couldn't really scale down it. So he just decided to jump. So he took a deep breath. He jumped off that six meter wall, braced for landing and broke both of his fucking ankles. <laughs> I mean, ow, that sucks. But like, what'd you think was going to happen? It was six meters high. He broke both ankles and a tibia. Woo, 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 woo. Do we count this? Is this? Does this count as a prison break? I mean, technically he did get outside of the walls. So, but no, no, we're not counting it. His blood curdling screams upon shattering his bones alerted the guards and he was just scooped up. And instead of gaining freedom, he gained a few weeks in the hospital. So we'll call this like prison break 1.5. 1A. <laughs> so he got a hospital stay to heal his shattered bones and he was returned to prison. But Michel would still not let go of his dreams of escape. Once he was back in prison, Michel made a new friend. It was just a fellow inmate and he decided to get this guy on board to join in in his escape plans. And Michel told his new friend his plan for escape, which was literally the exact same plan that he just did. But this time, this time they were going to use bed sheets and make the traditional bed sheet rope for breaking out of prison. 
And this buddy thought it was a great idea. So they spent a bunch of time making bedsheet ropes. And then one day they stuffed the rope in their pants. They went for a little jog, looked for that same rusty bit of fence. And there it was. And they busted through, scaled the wall. But this time they threw the rope down the wall and used that to climb to safety with no shattered bones. Prison break number two. But big shock, this plays out just the same as last time. (laughs) Like, yay, I'm free. But now what? Uh Uh-oh, I'm broke. Can't get a job. Better rob something. Oops, got caught. Back to jail. (laughs) Michelle and his jailbreak buddy stayed together and they teamed up, trauma bonded, and they started robbing places together. But of course, they got caught. And Michelle was brought right back to the same prison where he was before. But this time he had a new four-year sentence. And this time he was placed under more security. His new cell had a double row of bars and the windows had barbed wire on the outside. So he had to get creative with how he was going to escape this time. He couldn't just hop over a wall. So he got a new idea. (laughs) This idea is wild. In his new area of this prison, he made some new friends, of course, because Michelle was great at making friends. And he got really close with his cellmates. And these guys were Luigi and Gilles. Now, Gilles was from a well-known crime family. And Michelle and Gilles got super tight. And Michelle was comfortable enough with his cellmates to be like, look, I want to break out. It's my only goal in life. I got the fever. And the new friends were like, cool, we'll help. So this is what they do. They're sitting at lunch and Michelle starts a fight with another inmate. Starts out as an argument, starts to get physical. He's doing this on purpose. He's creating a diversion, okay? He's purposefully making a scene. As soon as he starts getting physical with this dude, the guard comes running. And he immediately starts to restrain Michelle. And just according to the plan, Michelle starts getting frisky with the guard that runs over. They get in a little scuffle, a little kerfuffle. And this is insane. Michelle had been collecting the wax from his baby bell cheeses. And he had this wax in a wad in his pocket. And he's been warming it up this whole time. And as he's in this scuffle with the guard, he grabs the guard's key and smashes the baby bell wax into this key and gets a beautiful imprint of his key. All while they're like, wrestling around and fighting and as soon as he gets his impression he takes his baby bell wax and puts it back in his pocket and he gets hauled off to solitary confinement but it was worth the effort and the time in solitary because he got a perfect imprint of the key to his cell door with a the wax on the baby bell cheese that's the most french shit ever (laughs) when he got out of solitary and was sent back to his cell he told his friends it worked i got it then Michelle and his cellmates, Luigi and Gilles, start painstakingly carving a piece of iron using a file and hacksaw blades. And they just slowly carved away and chiseled away at this piece of iron. And they kept checking it against the baby bell DIY style until it fit into the baby bell mold. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But bitch, it worked. I know. So the key only unlocked the door from the outside. And it was this door that was like a metal, a big metal door. But then it had like a thick 
plastic, like unbreakable window with bars on it. They ended up getting an immersion heater because they had all kinds of freaking tools, I guess. They have files and hacksaw blades and baby bell wax and immersion heaters. And they heat up this plastic window and they core a hole into it big enough for their hand to reach through in between the bars. And they took their DIY key and they put it through the hole they melted and they unlocked the door and click. Can you? <laughs> it's crazy. And then Michelle was like, well, I'm out of here. And Luigi and Jill were like, we don't have that long of sentences. So we're just going to stay. Like, we don't want to break out. Like, high risk, low reward. Like, we're going to stay. But you go ahead. Great job, buddy. So Michelle just took off. And he did the same bed sheet rope trick. Scaled the wall. and got out. And thus ends prison break number three. Now we, as an audience consuming this for entertainment, are like kind of rooting for the guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, baby bells, break out. He only had a four-year sentence and he's risking getting caught and then being sent back to jail and having a longer sentence like Luigi and Jill were worried about. Like he could have just done his four years and kept his head down and then gotten out and been done and turned his life around. But no. He's got to keep breaking out. He's just got to. It's an addiction. I guess I can kind of see like if you were in for life and you have literally nothing to lose. Might as well try to break out. <laughs> but like a four-year sentence, like, come on, just just do your time. Why well, you got to break out? I don't know. It's crazy. But it makes for a good story. I don't know. No, anyway, even though Luigi and Jill didn't break out with him, the connection was still there. And Jill actually told Michelle, when you get out, go find my family, like this big, like mob family, and they'll take care of you. So Michelle is just randomly staying with this mob family of his ex-cellmate. And wouldn't you know it, he falls in love. He falls in love with his ex-cellmate Jill's sister. And her name is Nadine Bourjon. And Nadine wasn't this sweet little innocent thing. She had a rap sheet of her own, including fraud, attempted robbery, and receiving stolen goods. So she's, she's in on the action, okay? Now, Nadine and Michelle had a sexy whirlwind romance, all while Michelle was hiding from the law. But that shit was short-lived when Michelle was arrested again when an armed robbery went south and he was caught and arrested. But it wasn't even really an armed robbery because all of the weapons used in this robbery were toys painted black. But given his history, when he was caught, the officials were like, oh, you've broken out of jail three times? Well, you're going back to jail and we should probably put you in a more secure place because you sneaky. So this time he went to a slightly higher security prison. And this time, because of his history of escape, he was going to go to jail for 23 years. Oof. I read another source that said 18 years, but all the sources are in French and they're all over-dramatized and lots of writers have taken creative liberties with this story. We don't really know the exact story. It's hard to put all the pieces together. But either way, his sentence was really long. Now, this prison was a diamond-shaped fortress whose name I cannot pronounce. And it only contained about 60 prisoners and there were more guards than prisoners so i don't think michelle's gonna be able to like sneak out again or will he well for a while it seemed like michelle was gonna give up his life of crime and he was gonna be a model prisoner he was in solitary a lot and he devoted himself to spiritual enlightenment meditation and yoga 
And he spent three years behind bars mastering his yoga and meditation practices. And he obviously got visits from his love, Nadine. And Nadine became his wife when she married Michelle behind bars. You just can't stop true love. And Nadine, I mean, you would think she'd be like, oh, 23 years? He's going to be behind bars for 23 years? I ain't waiting. But no, she knew. She's like, I bet. He'll be out in just a couple of years. He'll find a way out. He won't really be behind bars for 23 years. And bitch was right. 1979, Michelle had to ride three hours in a van to a preliminary hearing. As soon as they get there at the end of the ride, one of the guards got a little too close to Michelle, who then took the opportunity to attack this guard with a pistol he had smuggled into the van, grabbed this guy, pointed the pistol at him, and all the other guards pointed their weapons at him. But when Michelle showed he had a pistol pointed at the guard, they all backed off and they all dropped their weapons to protect their buddy, their co-worker who was being held hostage. And he just slowly snuck backwards with this guard until he got to the front of the van and then he just peaced out. But Michelle's weapon was not a weapon at all. You see, he had carved that weapon out of bars of soap. He had whittled a very realistic looking pistol and then he painted that bar of soap pistol with shoe polish to make it black. And it was convincing enough that all the guards thought it was a real pistol. This guy was really into carving shit. I mean, he was carving pistols out of soap, carving keys to fit into baby bells. <laughs> So anyway, Michelle gets out again, and it's prison break number four. He reunites with his true love, Nadine, and the two run off and hide in the country. And their very romantic plan was to just keep robbing people and save up money until they have enough money to retire in Argentina. Okay. And also part of that plan was to make sure that they weren't noticed. And so Michelle started going by the name Daniel and... He got plastic surgery on his nose and mouth to change his appearance so he'd more easily hide out. Commit to the bit. Two years later. So Michelle is free for two years. So the two lovebirds are hiding out and it wasn't long before Nadine fell pregnant and he decides to rob a bank because he didn't quit crime in this whole time. That's how they made their money. But this time, he robbed a bank. He used real guns, not toy guns, not guns made out of soap. And things went wrong, and a cop ended up getting shot. And that landed Michelle in jail again. This time, he's sent to a prison in Paris that has 2,000 inmates. And there were, like, serial killers and shit there. Like, it was a real prison. <laughs> Michelle, now back in prison, he went back to his meditation and yoga practices. But even still, he did not stop thinking about escape. It was all he ever thought about. And he later said it was because of love. Now, Nadine would visit him regularly, and after she had the baby, she would bring the baby to visit. And then one day, in 1986, Nadine slipped Michelle a secret note. And the note she gave him detailed the exact time and date that she would help him escape. May 26th at 10 a.m. So while Michelle was locked up and doing yoga, Nadine took on a hobby of her own. She began working at getting her pilot's license in just a couple of months. Some sources said three months, some sources said five months. Doesn't matter. Either way, that doesn't seem like that long. 
She registered for all of her classes under a fake name. And she just acted like getting this license was just like a fun hobby. And she didn't raise any red flags with any of her instructors. They just thought she was like a bored, wealthy housewife. (laughs) And Nadine, after she got her license, started regularly renting helicopters. And she would pay for the rental in cash. And it cost about $315 per hour. And she would just practice. And she would just get really good at flying and landing and maneuvering this helicopter. She rented the same helicopter from the same rental place twice a month for 10 months. This is the long con, you guys. Meanwhile, in prison, Michelle is just observing, paying attention to the guards' routines and changes in shifts, and making friends and allies with other prisoners. And he made yet another new buddy, Pierre Hernandez. And Pierre helped Michelle with the planning because they needed to figure out how to get to the roof. But you can't just like, okay, let's run to the roof. Like all the guards have big rifles. Like they'll get shot. You can't just run for it. So you needed a better plan. Finally, the date on the note came. It was May 26th and Michelle and Pierre were ready. It was almost 10 a.m. and several guards were alerted to a disturbance. When they go running to the problem, they find Michelle and Pierre waving around grenades. And they were threatening to blow up the prison. Now, they managed to use these grenades and these threats to not get shot. And they managed to, like, back themselves up to the roof access. They're like, don't shoot or we'll drop them. We'll blow up the prison. So the guards are, like, kind of carefully following them. But they're like, don't get too close. Michelle and Pierre get to the roof. And Michelle pulls out a gun. It was fake, though. It was fake. It was a fake gun. And the guards are panicking because they're like, We can't shoot them. They'll drop their grenades and they'll blow the prison. So they're like radioing, like, do we kill these guys? Or like, they might might blow up. Like, what do we do? And they're like, you better wait. You know, it was just chaos. And as they're struggling to figure out what to do, they hear helicopter blades whirring in the distance. And they were getting closer. Here comes Nadine. She had an accomplice with her in the helicopter. I, I think it was some guy like that that often helped with their other crime ventures. But as far as I know, he's still anonymous. Like, we don't know who that guy was. I could be wrong on that, but I could not find anywhere who that guy was or if we ever found out. But while Nadine is flying this helicopter and getting closer and closer to the prison, she's getting all these voices in her radio telling her, you're in restricted airspace. You're too close to the blah, blah, blah. You need to land. You're going to get arrested. But still, she kept her cool and she gets right over the prison and she's just hovering her helicopter right over the roof. And the guards see this helicopter come in. They're like, oh, my God, these guys are going to hop on the helicopter. They're going to escape. And they're like, we can't shoot down a helicopter. We're right over downtown Paris. (laughs) Now, Nadine and her accomplice buddy throw down a rope. Michelle quickly grabs the rope, pulls himself up, hoists himself onto the helicopter. Pierre is running for the helicopter. The guards are closing in. Nadine sees this and she ditches his ass. They leave Pierre on the roof. Pierre! What a dick move. But to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> she didn't know that guy. He's just some guy that Michelle picked up in the prison. She's like, I don't know him. He's not my people. Like every man for himself, I guess. So Nadine pulls away with the helicopter. Michelle's hanging on to the helicopter. Pierre falls defeated to the ground. The guards take him. And an amateur photographer 
got pictures of the whole thing. Oh my God, it's crazy. (laughs) No shots were fired. No real weapons were used for that escape because as soon as he got in the helicopter, as soon as Michelle got in there, Nadine told him to drop all of his weapons. So he dropped his gun and his grenades onto the roof. Now the gun was fake. And when the guards go and snatch up Pierre, they're pulling him away because they're like, the grenades are going to blow, you know, but then they wait and they wait and the helicopter's flying away and the grenades don't blow up. And then a guard goes up, kind of pokes at it and it rolls and he bends down and picks up her grenade. It's a nectarine. A nectarine! Michelle and Pierre went to the prison cafeteria and grabbed a bunch of freaking nectarines and painted them with craft paint to look like grenades. And they're like, back up, we're going to blow up the building. (laughs) But it's like, I'm sure the guards probably assumed that they were fake. Like, how are you going to sneak grenades into a prison? They probably assumed they were fake. But it's like, you have to assume that they are real. Because it's like, what if you shoot and they are real? Like, that would be really, really bad. <laughs> they got away with it. They used nectarines as grenades. Just a fruit and some paint. Holy shit. <laughs> Nadine flies the helicopter and lands it on a Paris college campus. Like, on the quad. And Nadine and Michelle and the unknown henchmen run from the helicopter to a waiting car and they just drive off into the sunset and they just ditch the helicopter there. Michelle and Nadine even managed to drive over to grandma's house and pick up their kid who was babysitting their kid during their helicopter heist, even though grandma's house was under surveillance, apparently not very good surveillance. So Nadine ended up hiding out with her daughter and her family. But she was quickly tracked down because, I mean, she had the biggest paper trail. Like, she was the one renting the helicopters. It didn't take long for them to, like, figure her out. And she ended up getting handed a 10-month sentence for her part in Michelle's escape. Michelle managed to stay hidden and not get caught for four months. But he, like, stayed in the area and kept robbing and kept burgling. He was, however, captured again when another bank robbery went south. He had done a couple bank robberies within just a few days of each other, which he did with two accomplices. And the first haul, they managed to get away with $75,000. But the second robbery, the coppers showed up and there was a shootout. And Michelle ended up shooting a cop in the stomach three times. And then all of a sudden, everything went black. And Michelle Vaujour was shot in the head. But he didn't die. He lived. He was in a coma for just a little bit and they fingerprinted him while he was in his coma. And only then did they realize like, oh my God, we have Michel Vaujour, the helicopter escapee guy. And we shot him in the head. When he woke up from his coma, he was almost totally paralyzed on one half of his body, but he was alive and he went through rehab. And then once he was feeling pretty good, he was sent to a maximum security prison. Finally, it took five prison escapes for them to be like, you know what? (laughs) We should probably put him in a maximum security prison. (laughs) But our story doesn't end here. Oh, no, it's not done. Back in prison once again, Michel threw himself into his yoga and meditation. And he actually credits this for being able to regain most of his mobility on his paralyzed side. And soon he was able to walk unassisted. 
which is pretty incredible. I mean, he was sent back to prison with a bullet still lodged in his temple. Meanwhile, while Michelle's going through all of his yoga rehabilitation, Nadine's out here raising two kids because she was pregnant when they locked her up for those 10 months. And when she got out, she had a second kid. So Nadine visits Michelle in prison. And he was like, so when are we breaking out again? She was like, listen, I love you. I love you, but I can't keep doing this shit. Like she had to go to jail for 10 months. She's got two kids to worry about. I think it was at this moment where Nadine was like, I'm done with the criminal lifestyle. I'm going to try and take care of my daughters now. And I I can't break you out of prison. It's crazy. (laughs) So just like that, Nadine's life of crime was over and she left Michelle. And Michelle never saw his kids again. Nadine ended up writing a book about her experience, The Girl in the Air, and she did the television circuit promoting her book. And a young 21-year-old law student named Jamila sees Nadine on TV in 1989, and she's so intrigued by this story. So she starts looking more into it. And eventually she decides to write a letter to Michelle in jail. And before she knew it, her and Michelle Vajour were pen pals. And you guessed it. They fell in love. What's with these women writing to criminals and falling in love with them? That's bonkers to me. Also, he is 18 years older than Jamila. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, randomly, Michelle stops sending letters to Jamila. And she panics. She's not ready to give him up yet. So Jamila manages to volunteer to teach Spanish lessons at the prison that Michelle is in. And this is in 1991. So she gets into the prison and she manages to sneak off and find Michelle. And this girl tells Michelle that she's going to take a page from Nadine's book, literally, and she's going to break him out of jail. <laughs> How does this guy do this? How does he get these women to just like volunteer to help him break out of jail? It's, it's crazy. Like when I say she's taking a page out of Nadine's book, I mean, she's going to copy and paste the helicopter escape. She's going to try it again. (laughs) Her first attempt, she aborted the mission before she even got in the helicopter. Her second attempt, she went flying in a helicopter with a gun to a pilot's head toward the prison. So she hijacked a helicopter. I don't know what her freaking plan was. Like, did she even read Nadine's book or what? (laughs) She's like, I skimmed it. Anyway, the prison was alerted to the approaching chopper before they even got close. Somehow, the pilot of the helicopter got control of the situation, managed to land somewhere safely, and Jamila was arrested and sentenced to seven years in prison. And her dreams of becoming a judge one day were snuffed out. She served five years of her sentence, and then in 1998, she was released... And after Jamila was released, Michelle, while still in prison, actually converted to Islam so that her parents would agree to let her marry him. So I guess even her attempt to break him out just got him all hot and bothered. He's like, yeah, I'll marry you. Sounds great. Jamila's family agreed and they got married, despite the fact that he still had like 20 years of his sentence left to serve. But surprise plot twist. Four years after they were married, Michelle was granted a surprise release in 2000 because of a new law that granted him a parole hearing. And he managed to convince the parole board that he was a changed man and he credited his new wife and his new religious practices for changing his life. 
and changing him for the better. And they let him out officially in 2003. Today, Michelle is still alive in his 70s, living in Paris, a free man with his wife, Jamila, and they frequently walk the streets of Paris together with their dog. And she still managed to become a lawyer after she got out of jail. And he wrote books and movies. There's tons out there on this guy. He's very poetic and uses flowery language to tell his story. And who knows how much is exaggerated. But clearly he thinks he is great. And honestly, it's a pretty good story. So. And that is the end of today's true crime story about Michel Vaujour, the king of escape. Oh my God. It's crazy. If you liked this episode, please give me a like. Hit that thumbs up for me. It's super helpful for my channel. And if you like this kind of content, feel free to subscribe. And please leave me a comment. Let me know what you thought. And let me know if you have a case you'd like to request that I cover on Cleaning and Crime. Thank you so much for watching today's video. I hope you guys are having a great day. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks for a new episode. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Cleaning in Crime. If you'd like more content from me or you want to see the cleaning side of things, check me out on YouTube, TikTok, or follow my socials, all of which are under the name C. Elise. If you have any questions or case ideas to share, email me at cealiseclean at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. These episodes include my personal opinions, and all information is compiled by me using references that are publicly available. Sources are included in the show notes, and all parties discussed are innocent until proven guilty. See you next time.